Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the show and a brand new friend to the podcast that I think you guys are going to love as much as I do. Today, I am sitting with Jessica Lenyato, who is an astrologer, a psychic, a medium, all sorts of great wisdom she's bringing into conversation. But let me explain to you how I discovered Jessica. Astrology, horoscopes, zodiac, is something I am not familiar with at all. I did not grow up with any knowledge of these things, and beyond being able to tell you that I'm a Capricorn, I can't really tell you anything else. I don't even know what it means that I'm a Capricorn. I don't know the signs of other members of my family, but I'm always amazed when I meet someone who's super into astrology that they can meet another person and know their sign without being told. Like that blows my mind. And I figured it's sort of like me with the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram because I think it's a better way of understanding myself and understanding others. And it turns out astrology is very similar because I'm not super familiar with it, but I know a ton of people who love it. I figured it's something we should take a deep dive on here on the show. So for the last several months, I've been looking for an expert. I've been asking the universe to send me a great person to teach me about what astrology means. And if you grew up similarly where you're not familiar, she can teach us together. And if you're one of those people who already knows all the things and you're really into it, well, Jessica can help us take a deeper dive. I was really excited to sit down with her because I've listened to her podcast, so I knew she had big personality. She's funny. She's wise. She does like voices and tells stories and all of these things. So I was like, okay, she's going to be a great guest. What I didn't expect was that we would talk for over two hours. So this interview is actually split into two parts. Today is part one. Tomorrow you'll get part two. Today we're dipping into being a psychic, mediumship and what that means, how it shows up in our lives, your own unique skills and gifts and how astrology plays into that. And then tomorrow, Jessica's actually reading my birth chart, my star chart on air. She's giving me a reading in the show, both of which are super fascinating. And I think that you're going to love it as much as I do. And that you also are going to be like, okay, I got to find out more. I've got to understand because I think anything that gives us tools to better understand ourselves is something we should all be seeking out. So this is my conversation with my new friend, and I'm sure yours too, Jessica Lenyato. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. What's your history with this work? Where are you, like, what are you bringing to this conversation today? You're not just like a random person we found on the internet. (laughs) You actually are a teacher. You've got wisdom. Yeah. How did you get here? So that is a great question. But first, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, This is really fun. I was born in the mid-1970s, you know, and so... Astrology was super popular back then, as it is similarly to ha- as it is now. So it's probably like around me in a very vague way when I was really little. But somehow, by the time I was five years old, I was talking about astrology. I was like, I'm a Capricorn. I'm going to have my wisdom teeth when I'm old. How did I know what wisdom teeth were? How did I know that Capricorn governs over teeth and wisdom? 
I don't know. But <laughs> I, I know. fun facts, fun facts. So I basically, I was really into astrology. I got my first book when I was 12. And again, this was like pre-internet um, days. And it was like the cheesiest book in the world, but I obsessively read it. And then I'm from Montreal, Quebec. So there's a different school system out there. High school goes grade seven till 11. And then there's something called CJEP, which is like a very, it's a government funded college for two years. And then you go to university based on what you've learned in CJEP. And I went to an alternative CJEP, the only one. And there was a Jungian psychologist who taught Jungian psychology in the regular school. But in the alternative school, he taught an introduction to astrology from a Jungian perspective. Wow. Yeah. That was what I said. And then I just started to like <laughs> eat, drink, sleep, astrology. It was so just like committed to my studies. And I just it's such a unique thing to have had the opportunity to have formal study. And then the next semester, he gave an intermediate class and it coincided with when I realized I was gay. And I mean, whatever. We used different terms back then, but whatever. I realized I was queer. And I was like, well, clearly I'm going to move to San Francisco because San Francisco, this was the early 1990s, was the only place you could be an astrologer. It was like the queer Mecca. And so I just literally like packed a big backpack, like an REI backpack full of astrology books and men's slacks. And I moved to San Francisco. <laughs> it's true. It is, it is a true thing that I did. Um, I moved to San Francisco and I just did everything I could to learn astrology. And I started my private practice then. And again, it's hard for a lot of people to keep this in mind, but it was pre-internet, right? So it wasn't, there was no blogs, there was no memes, horoscopes, you could get them in newspapers or fashion magazines, and that's it. And so I would study like two to four hours, sometimes six hours for an individual reading. And then I would give a two hour long reading. And I would do it for like my first reading, I think it was for a lasagna, my second was for an aloe vera plant. Um, I was really into barter. <laughs> and Oh, in exchange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, Jessica, I thought you meant that you did the horoscope <laughs> for a lasagna. And I was like, oh, shit, this stuff goes way deeper <laughs> no, than I thought. No, no. Okay, sorry. I'm, no, no, I'm you're here. good. You're good. You're being literal. And I respect that. Again, Capricorn on Capricorn. I'm, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> no, like I did. Uh, I did my readings for trade. And then eventually I got confident enough in my work. I was good enough that I shifted how I worked and my fees and all that kind of stuff. And it was about nine, 10 years into my practice of astrology and my study of astrology that I started teaching to other astrologers. And I started teaching uh, primarily medical astrology because I was very self-taught. I was kind of like really a loner and I just like would do a lot of stuff on my own. I developed kind of a, a way of working with uh, generational, intergenerational issues. So looking not just at your birth chart, but looking at your birth chart and what I can understand about your parents or your guardians or both, depending on how you were raised. And it's inevitable when I'm understanding your parents to have a sense of your grandparents because I'm looking at their childhood, right? So now we're seeing issues around class, immigration, uh, other like heredity things, which is integral to medical astrology because most medical conditions are inherited. They're in our genes, right? So this was like a huge part of my focus in, it still is, but in the first decade of my practice. And that's not what everyone was doing, I learned. And so I started to teach and I've been teaching ever since. So for the last 20 years or so, I am, I'm just giving you like, I'm, I'm data dumping, but you'll, you'll, I, I love it. Okay, I great. Love it. Okay, great. So I am a humanistic astrologer, and this is the thing a lot of people don't know. There's different kinds of astrology, many different things within humanistic astrology, including medical astrology and something called mundane astrology, which is looking at like social and political conditions, which is I'm very passionate about. I personally work with astrology kind of as a counselor. And so people hear the word counselor and they think therapist. I am not a licensed therapist. I love therapists. And I think it's important for spiritual people to be really responsible about acknowledging the difference. I'm not a therapist, but I do work as a counselor. So I work with trauma. I work on, I work with people on their mental health, their physical health, um, their spiritual and emotional health, and kind of like how all these things intersect in our daily lives, in the big things and the little things. And there's kind of an astrology for all of it, honestly. And so, yeah, my work is like so important to me. And I should 
also just kind of like add, it was in my early 30s, maybe the end of my 20s, but really my early 30s that I realized I was psychic. I realized I was a medium and an animal communicator. So I started working with those things um, in my 30s. And now they're kind of like seamlessly integrated now that I'm in my yeah. late 40s. But that's just kind of like the the, the fast and furious the of it. Yes, yeah. there it is. Well, I love that not what our conversation is about today, but I love that you mentioned sort of becoming aware of your gifts as an older person, yes. not older no, in but that 30s or not old, but like you weren't the kid from the sixth sense, right? Like you weren't a little kid. Exactly. I love that because that is who is listening to us have this conversation right now, predominantly women, 30 plus. And I hear this again and again and again, as I have evolved and learned more about spirituality and grown deeper and all of these things. I, I can't even tell you, I'm sure you encountered this too, The amount of women who are only becoming aware of what they are capable of because they've been able to slow down enough, either that's, you know, the children got older and so they got a bit more clarity or they're fighting more for that um, that time for themselves where it's not that you magically, you know, fairy godmother came down and like granted you with these gifts. It's, oh, these were always here, but these things were in our way that kept us separate from what we had the ability to do. Yes, 100%. I think there's this idea that you're supposed to have it all magically just la- dropped in your lap in your teens, and then you get really good at 25 and bada-bing, bada-boom. But life begins in meaningful ways in your 30s when you're old enough to make sense of what you are and the world instead of just being what people expect of you. People are often surprised that I didn't know I was psychic when I was a kid. I mean, I I was, but I had no idea and it was useless to me until I was aware of it, just like so many other things, eh? So Yeah, yeah. and it's you you don't also maybe have language for what's happening or nobody else, or maybe you're not saying like, oh, you, but like you see people walk by you when nobody's there, right? Like you feel the energy of grandma and grandpa when no... And you're not having those conversations. And so you don't have anybody going, no, I don't. Nope, I don't have that. So it doesn't even occur to you that what yeah. you're experiencing is a gift yeah. to you. And I would just really want listeners to sit with that for a minute because I think I believe that every single human being has abilities, extrasensory things that, you know, we have our own version of clairvoyance, clairaudience, like we have these things. But life's moving too fast or you're not aware or you're disconnected. And so if you feel like, oh, that's only for certain people, I just I, I think that's a great message today is yeah. like just to touch back into that intuition and see what's there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners and more. All built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I think we know scientifically how little of our brains humans use. We know that we know very little about the human brain. You know, anyone who's had any kind of brain event, doctors are often like, well, this is what we think this part of the brain does. You know, brains are complex and There's so much we're not using of our brain. And to me, you know, as 
a psychic or a medium. I just think I'm using a different part of my brain than a lot of people use or know how to use. And I don't think it's honestly, especially special. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how we're defining the word special. It's just, it's a skill, you know, and there's like a lot of skills I don't have, but this one I happen to have. And it wasn't like the hardest thing for me to open it up. Um, And for other people, it'll be harder. But this is part of our, I think the human brain is capable of this, period. Technically, everyone can run a marathon. I'm not gonna. This guy's not gonna. (laughs) But like, technically, I could, you know what I mean? Like, but, but, so I think the same thing is true with psychic stuff. You know, some people, I think, put pressure on themselves to be intuitive um, and it just doesn't come easy. And to that, to those people listening, I say, like, yeah, be chill with yourself. Like, don't you don't have to push it, you know, let it kind of emerge, which maybe is a little off topic of astrology, but I think is an important, important thing yeah. for intuition. Yeah. Well, I'm curious from your description for people who are not familiar with it, will you explain what? psychic means in this context and what mediumship means in this context and what animal whatever it is you said you did with animals which sounds exciting what does that mean thank you for asking because most people they're just words like people don't know what they mean it's true so psychic the easiest way i have for describing psychic is i have access to a world wide web of data and i just have to open up and receive it Kind of like you open your device and you turn it on. Now, am I looking at every website in every language of the world? No. Am I looking at every page on every paragraph of writing on every website at a moment? Absolutely no. So do I know everything all the time? Thank God, no. But I have access to data. That's the best way I describe psychic. And I thank God for the internet so I have that metaphor. Mediums or mediumship is very specifically talking to dead people. Talking to dead animals, too, but talking to dead people. And there are many different kinds of mediums. Personally, me, I mean, I don't know if it's like some people hear this and they think it's creepy. I don't find it to be creepy at all, but I don't especially see them like with my optic nerves. Okay, so this is a way I describe both how I experience mediumship, but also how I experience psychicness. And I used to use Led Zeppelin as a metaphor, but now I use Beyonce. Ju- again, I'm just like dating Perfect. myself. You know what I mean? Perfect. So you know the song Lemonade? Obviously. Right. And you know the video? Yes. Okay. You, you know the song. Okay. So I just asked you that question. And in your mind, you probably heard your favorite part of the song. Mm-hmm. You probably saw her, her in that iconic yellow dress. Yeah. Or maybe you had like a sense memory of that period of your life when you were listening to it, what was happening in your life when you were listening to it. That's a lot like what a psychic impression is or Mm. talking to a dead person is. It's all of these senses that are hard to put your finger on and they kind of flood you with data at once, but they're not analytic. They're not material, but they sure they reference the analytic and they reference the material. Yeah. So that's a a way I, I try to explain it. In terms of mediumship, oftentimes, de- this is the part that people find creepy. Uh, dead people hop in my body, which is can be creepy depending, but it's often um, just a really great way for me to get information because they can so show you me- feel in that moment, you sort of have the sense of being other. I have. I wish it was that, actually. It's mm. more that I... I'll be talking to somebody, you know, I'll be like, oh, your mother passed. Let's talk about your mother. I'm sorry. Is your mother actually passed? My mother? Yeah. No. Okay, good. I didn't want to pick something that would feel oh. personal to you. I was just like <laughs> no. making sure. And then I'll be like, oh, my chest. It's like I can. F- I have this feeling of a heart attack. And before I realized I was a medium, I'd be like in my client sessions having panic attacks all the time because I felt like I was having mental health crises or having physical crises for a lot of my sessions until I learned it was either me having the psychic experience of what the client is feeling or their dead loved ones were coming in being like, I died of a heart attack. If you say that, they'll know who it is. And and I just like have to stop and be like, okay, so this is what it felt like. And a lot of times they'll they'll show me how they feel. Like recently on my podcast, I had um, someone come on and I got to talk to her dead mother, aunt, and grandmother. They had all passed. And the grandmother, the way she showed me, and I said this on the podcast, so it's not me breaking her confidence in any way, but the way he, she showed me her her energy was kind of like, 
you know how a dandelion when it's just a puff uh, like a puff looks and it's like bright light is behind it and it's just like this light if that was the best way I could describe it it's just this feeling of like strength and gentleness and light and warmth and having this capacity to seed itself how you know like all those little white thingies are all seeds yeah. it was just this most beautiful thing she showed me and the feelings that accompanied it were just overwhelming love like this woman I was speaking with was so deeply loved by her grandmother, like so and is still so deeply loved. And she could have been like, I really loved my grandchild. But she showed me how it felt. And I was able to then understand so many layers and nuances of information that I would never be able to if I hadn't had this like visceral experience, you know? Yeah. Well, I love you're saying this, too, because I think for anybody who I've had a medium on the show before, and it's one of our most popular episodes. But if people have never had that kind of work done before and uh, and haven't done it with like a legitimate person who knows what they're doing, that is what the experience is like. It's a lot of, I'm being shown this. Yeah. I'm being, you know, and the things that they're being shown are so specific that it's literally, there is no way... Yeah that unless this person was with them showing this thing, like it's silly things, it's inside jokes, it's, um, it really, I don't know how you can experience that and not understand that there's something so much greater yeah. than we can see. I am with you 100%. And, that, and you're exactly right about the silly things. Like sometimes it's just like, I mean, this sounds so silly. This does sound silly, but I cannot count how many times I've talked to dead dads who want to talk to the person I'm speaking with, which is often a woman, about their car. Have you had the brakes checked? Like, cars. And I just, like, I, you know, right. to, to me, that's just, like, such a stereotype. But I guess it's based on something. But it's real. It's so real. And that that's the other thing that I think that's so fascinating about this work, at least in my experience, you might think it's something else, is that you sort of go into these sessions, right, and you're hoping for like a specific person to show up. Um, so I lost my brother a very long time ago. He's with me always. I feel his presence. At, but I'm always sort of hoping that he's going to come into a session. And I always sort of get this message of like, I'm here. I'm with you. Like you don't need proof. But then who will come in are these relatives that are so loud. Like they are, yeah. you know, shaking. Like they want to talk. And I'm like, thank you aunt so and, and, and so but. twice removed right <laughs> but what i actually what? i've seen this a lot and and i'll let me speak to it because a couple things the first thing is it's so common that when somebody comes in and they've got a bunch of dead people with them it is the least intimate person who comes through first and it's for Ooh. you it's for you because if you got what you wanted if any of us got what we wanted all the time, we would be a mess on the floor. Like we often want, like, give me the most intense experience. But are you actually <laughs> open for the most intense experience? Right. You know what I mean? You're right. And the other thing is that it's less, how will I put this? The more emotional intimacy you have, the more need you have the stickier the journey a little bit. And when I say sticky, I mean like lymphatic stick. Like, I mean, like, there's just like, it's not as much of an easy flow to get started at least because when we are in a state of need or really fixed desire, um, and this goes for, you know, manifestation work, this goes for mediumship and healing in general, it's like your fists are closed tight. And when you are in a state of receptivity, your hands are open. And when you are going to talk to a medium, as an example, and you're like, I want my brother to show, the more you want it, the tighter your fists. And it's not what you're telling yourself, but on an energetic plane, that's what happens. And so it just makes it easier for everyone else to come through because you're waiting for something. You're holding your breath. Right. And then also, like, even as you were saying what you were saying about your brother— He's with you all the time. He doesn't need to come through. I understand his thinking. Also, that's just your brother is what it feels like. Right. To me. Like it's your, his right. whole personality 100%. is like right. he's a little contrarian, you know? Yes. So absolutely. He's like, you want me to come through because you don't want to trust yourself? Fine. No. Like. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And you yeah. look alike, eh? You and your brother? Yes. Like, yeah. uh, like you really look like siblings. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So 
Sorry. Let me just. No, do, you, do you want me to check in with your brother? Oh, I mean, that wasn't what my intention uh-huh. was. I mean, you're allowed to say anything, but I do really like I, I really meant what I said. He's with me all the time. Often and I, I do want to ask you something, though. Is he okay. did he have a drug issue or a mental health issue? Mental health. And that's what yeah. led to his cl- yes, ending. He committed okay. suicide. Yeah. OK, I'm just making sure that's him that I was seeing um, because your brother. I'm just going to tell you what he's showing yeah, me. Sure. Um, and it's like the second you started to talk about him, like right before the words came out, like he just was, he was right with you. It's true. He's like constantly, yeah. he's like a halo yeah. around your head is what it he feels is, like. Yeah. Um, but he feels that so much of how you've responded to his, his mental illness and, and his passing has been, he's just really impressed by how hard you've tried um, for yourself, but also for others. And he's, um, and your mom has a much harder time with it, eh? I mean, his struggles with your mom and her struggle Mm -hmm. is with him. They are, they are twisted up on each other and Mm. they haven't forgiven themselves or the other. And that is not yours to fix or heal or facilitate. I'm saying that because your brother is showing me that if you do, it just makes you feel really off, like really off because it's not yours to heal. And classic Capricorn, you're like, everything's mine to heal. (laughs) Everything's my responsibility. Um, That's got to be wrong. I know I could show you how to do this. I'm sure I could help you. And just because you can doesn't mean it's yours. And so that's great. Yeah, that that is really just what came up strong. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. 
Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Hey guys, it's Rach, and I'm breaking in here real quick to just let you know this is the point in Jessica's reading with me where it gets really juicy. And I wanted to have the reading, obviously. It was so powerful and so good and was absolutely willing to just let it go wherever it went. But where it ended up going was so good, but also really revealed a lot of truths about family members that I don't feel is fair to share publicly because they're not my truths. They're someone else's story. And so I want to honor that for them, which means, unfortunately, as juicy as it is, I have chosen to cut out a big portion of this reading to protect other people's story. But please just trust me, it was freaking mind-blowing. If there was any question that you had about whether or not this woman is deeply talented as a medium, I can promise you I have seen the truth and she is, oh, so good. So we're going to jump back into conversation, but I just wanted you to know why a portion of this episode has been removed. Absolutely. And she did hide behind religion um, and the rules and, and the kind of certainty of it. And hey, it created you. Uh, glorious weirdo. I've seen your birth chart. Glorious weirdo. <laughs> um, and, and you know, like that wasn't the plan. But also, it's like, what is it? Like for, for enough friction, you can get a diamond kind of thing? Like, yeah. this, is, this is a thing. And I'm not saying we have to suffer or struggle to become glorious weirdos or, or become diamonds. I'm not saying that. And also, often that can happen, you know, yeah. because it gives you resources. It is ironic that the very resources that from what I've seen in your birth chart, are like the centerpiece of who you are are the exact things your mother doesn't know how to hold in herself, didn't know how to be. And Ooh, okay. You That's know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where it's important to hold, okay, we're going like big picture spiritual here, but yeah, um, yeah. it's important to hold this perspective that I do. Okay, so I'm saying it's important to hold my perspective, which is a shitty thing to say. Forgive me, but that's what I said, and I guess I can't take it back. Okay, so but what I'm trying to get at is this. From my perspective as an astrologer, and it is fed by my experience as a medium, we do not exist in a vacuum. We are not only a part of our generation, which is then a part of all future generations and is part of past generations, right? But we are also irrevocably linked to our family line, both those of us who were raised by guardians and also our people in our genes. And there is an inevitability to failing in life. It's an inevitability. We all fuck up. We all fuck up. And sometimes we fuck up a lot and sometimes less. But when we have kids, there is an inevitability that we are kind of confronted by our own childhood self and we try to please that that child and if our actual human child um has different needs than that the cycle maintains itself right and that's just being a person that's not being a bad person that's just being a person and so from this like broad view looking at your mom when i look at her energetically she was terrified of everything yeah and she did her best and she loved you all of you a lot, like in a way that mm -hmm. consumed her. Mm -hmm. And her failures were foundationally fa failures to the self instead of failures to the children. But as a parent, when, you know, we fail ourselves, when we abandon ourselves, inevitably that happens towards our kids. Yes. And so it's hard. And, you know, I will say your brother's here for this whole conversation. And this is a little helpful to him because of all the things the two of you have talked about, since he passed, because you talk a lot, is what it looks like. All like, the time. do you journal yeah. to him or something? Um, I no, I talk a lot to him. I journal a lot, but I talk a lot to him out loud in my head in meditation. Yeah, yeah that that makes sense, and it also looks like what you journal ends up coming into your conversations with him. Like he's Absolutely. like you have a therapeutic relationship with him. 
this has not come up. This particular thing has not come up. The kind of loneliness in your in your family and you have such different understandings of reality, which is further complicated. And this is this is actually helping your brother. Okay. And okay, so your brother is like sh- moving out, but have you been with the same man for a really long time? I was. I got a divorce two and a half, three years ago. But you're with someone else? Yeah. He just wants you to know. I was like, why would he be telling you this? But he wants you to know he likes them. Wait, the old? No. Oh, the guy oh, you're with. my brother. The guy oh, you're with. Yeah. Your brother likes yeah. the guy you're with. Yeah. He's, he's, he can keep sense. up with you a lot better, is what your brother Absolutely. says. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so he was just wanted, he was like, I'm leaving, but tell her. I like this guy. And I was just like, I don't know why I assumed you were like in a long-term because you say kids. I don't know. I wasn't thinking. But yeah, he likes the guy. So. Yeah. That's good. Oh, me too. Yeah, good. (laughs) Good. Happy to hear it. Right. Um, So we went away. That was amazing. (laughs) And I really appreciate it. And I love those kind of moments because I think also the audience knows enough about my story to they're going to recognize the authenticity in the conversation based on what we just talked about. Yeah. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market, because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach. Thrivemarket.com slash rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm so intrigued because you've mentioned birth chart a couple of times and I love like glorious weirdo. That's my dream, <laughs> you know, definition. I Before we jump in there though, and please forgive me if this is the dumbest question, but where does astrology come from? That's a great question. So I'm going to answer that question. But before I do, uh, the thing I'd like to point out to people who are raised Christian, which my partner was raised evangelical. And when I told him this, his jaw dropped. He was just like, wait, what? You have you ever heard of the three three wise men? Yes. They weren't like the picture book tells you pointing at the stars to find Jesus. They were astrologers. They were, I feel like I've actually heard this before. Okay, let's it's, let's it's do this. real. I mean, they were astrologers. Yeah. All all like kings and and leaders and royals throughout time, throughout cultures, most cultures, many cultures rather, had astrologers. You're like, so right. Yeah. I mean, as you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I've read about that in a million history books. You're so right. Yeah. So it's interesting that modern Christianity has such a, a kind of like a contemptuous relationship with astrology when literally they teach every Christian child that astrologers foretold the birth of uh, Jesus. And the way they did this was through a birth chart, because what we need in order to cast a birth chart is an exact time, an exact location, and a date. 
it's irony. You know what I mean? Right. It's just kind of well, like the Christmas tree like, is uh, just on a different tip. It's mm-hmm. it's also the irony of the Christian church outlawing pagans, but then stealing most of their ide- ideology, their ideas, their holidays, all, and then just sort of recasting it yeah. as a Christian thing. So yeah. it's we could obviously we'll, we'll talk go about in that, that for a rabbit long time. hole another exactly. time. <laughs> So in terms of where astrology comes from, there are astrologers who are primarily academics and historians. I am not one. I'm much more of a, uh, a like a counselor, as you've already experienced, right? Yeah. Um, that said, I don't think anyone exactly knows. Th- the astrology potentially came from Babylon. That, I think, is the oldest record of where astrology came from. But Humans have been tracking the stars. Just imagine you're living in a world without electricity. The sun, the moon, the stars are the most important thing that you can see. And forces of nature are taken in such a different way than in an industrialized world, right? We can see, we can't see the stars um, if you're living in a city or even close to a city, right? Astrology has been used throughout cultures, throughout time. But I, from my understanding, which again, I'm not a scholar on this, and there are scholars. It, it would be Babylon. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is modern-day Iraq. Coming from so long ago, how did it get, and I'm probably going to butcher even how I'm asking this question, but how did it get divided into different horoscopes, into this is what happens if you're born January this through February this? Like, how did that go? Laid out. Excellent question, and I don't have the answer. It's a good okay, question, great. though. Great. Uh, so each of the zodiac signs are constellations, right? And so yes. they are chartable through astronomy. And basically what astrology is, is it is the spiritual, psychological, event-based, etc. Like it's the human application of astronomy. And so what astrologers use, hold on, let me just show you my ephemeris, is, I don't know how much you can see of this. Oh, wow. It's math. Yeah. Astrology is a lot of math. And you have to learn a specific language of symbols and you have to, you know, do basic geometry. It's very useful if you want to grow up and be an astrologer. You're doing math. You're, you have to do like a lot of learning and memorization of things. And I am going to be annoying for you in this way because I am like a, the sky is blue because it's blue kind of girl. So I don't question in that way. I'm more like, how can I use it? Yes. Instead of how did it get there? Um, I'm like, it. once it's there. How, but, but these are good questions that a different astrologer would have, like, learned answers for. I'm just not the one. Yeah. Uh, then I guess, and again, this might be one that you don't have the answer for. When we're thinking of the different zodiac signs, mm-hmm. where do those personality traits, you know, when it's like, yeah. you're a Capricorn, here's what it is. Is that yeah. just over time, you know, people have identified that all Capricorns are this way? It's from myth. It's from, like... All of the planets, all of the zodiac signs are associated with gods and they're associated in goddesses. And there is so so the answer is no, it's not just like people learned it over time. It there is again, this I don't have the answer to. It's a good question. If you're like interested in this and if your audience is listening is really interested in this, you should have somebody who's more of a scholar on. So not somebody Probably who's like Probably nobody's a... interested in it but me because I'm a nerd and I love no history. No one's asked me these so that's questions why I'm before. <laughs> it's such great. a nerd. I just am like, okay, how do we? But as you're saying it, it makes sense because I'm thinking of like, um, I just had someone do a birth chart for me because I'm going on a retreat next weekend and it was just part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And he was like so lovely, but he just was telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. But as you're saying it, he was like, oh, Venus, and this represents love and, mm-hmm. you know, Mars, and this is war. And so I can track that piece that like, oh, okay, it's Venus it's and Mars are the easy ones. Yeah, the moon right. is that's an all easy I can one. remember yeah. right now. <laughs> and, and that's fair, you know, and the thing that I think I can say, which may be helpful to the nerd brain, which I, I have one too in my own way, is that when we are dealing with like, you're reading a horoscope, right? When you're reading a horoscope, it is like Pop-Tarts version of astrology. It's just like highly generalized. It is like the least of what astrology is. And a lot of that that are older than 35 would tell you horoscopes are bullshit. I think they have great value, but also they're just, they're snack food. You know, they're not the real deal. When we're looking at a birth chart, which BT dubs we can do for you in a moment. Yes, um, would love to. 
So when we're looking at a birth chart, what we are looking at is a couple of things. So I'm a Western astrologer. There's uh, other forms of astrology, um, but I am a Western astrologer. And so all Western birth charts are a circle. And it looks like a big pizza cut into 12 slices. And depending on the house system that you use and the way that these house systems are determined is through very complicated uh, math that both locates like time and space. Again, I cannot be the one to explain it to you. I do have an episode of my podcast about houses and where I brought on somebody who's much nerdier than me this way. So he explains it. But there are different house systems. In the house system, I use all slices of the pie, aka houses, are different shapes and sizes. Okay. But there's always 12. And each, the first house always means something. The second house always means what it means. So each house has a meaning. But then based on the time and location of your birth and dates, we know what zodiac sign was rising in the Eastern Hemisphere at that moment and location. And there's 30 degrees to each zodiac sign. So we locate your rising sign, which I'm sure you've heard of, and that's the first house cusp. And it shows us where all the zodiac signs fall in the houses, aka the pieces of pizza. And that means that we take the data of like the first house and what it means. So let me focus on the second house. The second house is related to your personal finances, your personal values, your personal possessions. And it always means that. But if you have Pisces on that second house cusp, it's going to give you kind of like Eh, you're not that materialistic. You value experiences and feelings more than like accumulating stuff. Put Taurus there and you are very materialistic. When some when you when somebody is like close to you, they give you prezies. Prezies are important. Like your values are very important to you and they relate to your material life. So like we get different layers of information. Then we have the added layer of planets. So each of the planets means something. And yes, a lot of astrologers will say, for instance, Venus is love. Eh, sure. Yeah, it's, I guess, it's a form of intimacy. It's sensual. So it's like our sense, our senses, right? It's related to hedonism. It's related to aesthetic and also like hooking up. You know, it's not fornicating, but it's everything around fornicating from flirting on down. But it's also related to your personal finances, and it's also related to your value system. And the reason why those two things are intertwined is because before capitalism, you know, there's a lot of barter, right? There was a lot of like, hey, listen, I really want a chicken of yours. I've got this quilt. Do you think this quilt is worth a chicken? You know? And so it's values. Money is just values. I feel like because not to blow anyone's mind, patriarchy. A lot of times when people talk about Venus, they relegate it to like, it's it's looks, it's dating. And it's like, yeah, that's one part of the woman symbol, but another thing is fucking values. Yeah. And so I just always like to like really hammer that home. Anyways, so then there's the planet and the planet is going to be in a zodiac sign. So the planet has a meeting. Then we add another layer of the planet in a zodiac sign. Then... Before I give you the next one, I'll say, so think of it this way. Now I'm turning our pizza into a circular theater, okay? And the first house has is one kind of set, right? And the set design is the zodiac sign. And then the planet is the actor. And the zodiac sign that the planet is in is the costuming, not just the dress, but the whole, you know, aesthetic costuming of that actor, and then there's something called aspects. So aspects are math, and I'll show it to you in your birth chart in a moment. But they are the mathematical relationship between the planets in your birth chart. And that's that's the script. That's whether or not they're yelling at each other, they're like whispering sweet nothings into each other's ear, whether they get along, whether they're in conflict, who's kind of more aggressive, who's winning the fight, who's losing the fight, whatever. And this is... The most basic and simple, like easy, hopefully easy to understand way I can describe yeah. a birth chart. So, yeah, honestly, it, it's the most, it's still not like 100% clear, but it's the most clear it's ever been. So, thank you for my that. My pleasure. <laughs> so, I'm not good at the scholar stuff, but I'm good at the human stuff. That's why I'm a humanistic yes. astrologer. I'm like human centered in the way I do it. Right. I'll say, you know, before we go any deeper, is the reason why you and most people don't understand it is because it's complicated. And society yeah. tells us, again, thank you, Christianity, tells us that astrology is simple and silly. And so people are surprised that they don't understand it. But there's no reason for you to understand a nuanced and complex system that requires learning 
Why would you understand that quickly and easily? And that also engages time and space. Because if I look at, if you hadn't had a baby last week, I would look at your baby's chart and I'd be able to see what would get, happen in your marriage. Now I look at your chart and I can't see what's going to happen in your marriage because you have free will within your predetermined scenarios, right? But you have free will. Whereas in a baby's chart, I can see whether or not they were raised in a conflictual home. So it's complex. It's time and space. And this is complex. It's a mind bender. And it takes, honestly, like decades of study and practice to be able to actually work with this stuff. So like these metaphors I've given you, it's taken me years to come to a place where I can just like boop, boop, boop these metaphors at you because I've like racked my brain. How can I explain this in a way that doesn't do a disservice to astrology, but also makes sense without having to like study? Who who are we kidding? I'm going to start studying astrology this afternoon, but we want you to understand. Okay, guys, we are going to wrap this episode right here and come back tomorrow for Jessica, my birth chart, my horoscope. What does it mean? How does it show up? There's so much amazing information in tomorrow's episode, but it was too much to fit into today's. So check that out and I'll talk to you again soon. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look. We're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rach to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Rach.